Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 96 with my friend, Jesse Doyle. I was very excited to sit down with Jesse. She is such a unique person and has a crazy story of how she has spent her adult life so far, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, a couple like audio connection issues that I think once we get going, you don't really notice it. It kind of fades away, but... Other than that, fantastic time, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview with my friend, Jesse. You and I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? <laughs> right. Be, right. My then, anxiety would be through the fucking room. That's why I don't let him out on his own. Like there's, you know, there's a big road and there's coyotes and. Well, thank you, first of all, for, for doing this and jumping on here and taking time out of your day and all that jazz. Um, I, I'm very excited to catch up with you because it's, it's funny. I don't even think we weren't even friends on Facebook until recently. Um, yeah. Because Michelle, you did that drawing for Michelle. Or was it a painting? You did something for Michelle. Yeah. 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 With her cat. And I was like, oh my God, Jesse Doyle, what's she doing? <laughs> and, and hopefully I will answer that question today. But I, I'm so excited uh, to talk to you. And I normally start the episode out with how I know people. And I know you from high school. Uh, we kind of ran in similar groups. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, are you a year or two years older than me? I think, I think I was like a year ahead of you. I don't know. When did you I'm 39. Graduate? Yeah. You're ahead of me. Yeah. So you're okay. ahead of me, but yeah, we ran in similar groups, uh, for, yeah. for a year or two, especially when I was deep into my punk rock phase, I think, <laughs> uh, which I don't know if we ever actually like talked much. No. I don't... Uh, so I, I will comment on that. Uh, you were part of this, a uh, small group of, well, I think women in general, I was just intimidated by and didn't talk to, but uh, you were also part of this like uber creative, um, like, and, and I could be wrong in this, but like self, very confident, uh, didn't really care what other people thought kind of group. Like I think of you, I think of like Liz Flaga, I think of like all these people that I was like, it would be intimidated to talk to on my own. Um and so I no, I don't think we did, but I just think we ended up at like the same places sometimes because of similar interests yeah. and, and friends and, and stuff. Um, that cracked me up that you say you would have been intimidated. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I never, ever, ever have thought of myself as intimidating. <laughs> but I think, I don't know. I think Liz could have been, I guess she was very, I don't know. She laid herself out there, I guess. And she was kind of loud and. I don't know. Which is funny. I think of, it's funny to say intimidating and then immediately say, I think of you guys as when I remember back, like as kind of quiet, like loud, but quiet, <laughs> like loud with yourselves, but quiet in general. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good description. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Uh, I just, I don't think I had the, uh, I don't even think that I had like confidence. I don't think it plays a role. I think it's, uh, you know, as a teenage boy, how do you, how do you talk to anybody? <laughs> so that's, that's how I know you. 
And then I haven't yep. <laughs> seen you or talked to you since then, uh, which is which is crazy. And like I, I just mentioned, I don't know when I'll cut that in, but I just started like following you online again and happy to see your artistic talents have just thrived, apparently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I love it. Uh, and I want to talk to you about that, too. But first, I want to go back in time, if we can. Um, I don't know this. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older sister, Kelly. And she okay. was she was a grade above us, but she, I think she was around for, like, ninth and 10th grade. And then she was sent away to this, like, outdoorsy emotional growth school after some trouble. And then she came back. So yeah, for some high school, she wasn't there. So that's probably why right. you don't remember her. And then I have a younger sister. She's four years younger than me. Okay. So I definitely don't know her. <laughs> yeah. <but not laughs> okay. Uh, and then did you grow up here in Clarkston area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Born, born and raised. <laughs> yep. In my whole life. I was born in Pontiac, like everyone else. You asked that question too. <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Tear that hospital down. Uh, <laughs> so, do you? I'm wondering, with four year difference, and your other sister only being uh, like a year older, did you guys? Where where were you guys at as far as another sister coming along? <laughs> like, was it possible for? An, oh, you mean like my older sister and me? How yeah. do we feel about Ash? <laughs> yeah, uh, when you were like when you I were little kids. I don't remember i don't remember how i felt about it um my my sisters and i uh like separately me and my older sister and me and my younger sister got along well they would fight a lot <laughs> and i would be the one in the middle like i always had to sit in the middle seat in the back you know so that they could fight over me and i could kind of keep it down <laughs> Well, that's funny because the middle child is typically like the peacemaker, right? The, yeah. So yeah. You, you fit that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do your mom and dad do when you're growing up? My mom stayed at home. Okay. Um, so she raised us and my dad went to work. He worked in advertising and then around like, I think it was 11, they got divorced. Oh. Um, and my mom... I think she had worked as a vet, a veterinary technician before that for a little bit. And then, so she went back to work as a vet tech. You said when you were 11, they got divorced? Yeah. Okay. Um, was that like, was there, was that an obvious thing that happened? Was there like a lead up or were you guys as kids? Were you like, wait, what's going on? I know it was not to me. It wasn't obvious. Like to me, we just had this like, you know, happy little family. And then I remember one day I was like in the bathroom with Kelly, the older sister, whatever. We were like doing makeup or hair or something. And she's like, did you know mom and dad are getting a divorce? I was like, no. She's like they are. Left the bathroom. Like, oh. Wow. So that's how you found out your parents were getting a divorce? <laughs> what does that follow-up conversation look like with your parents? <laughs> oh, I don't think that I don't think there was. I mean, it was just kind of, then at that point it was just known. Everybody knew it was good. I don't remember like a point where they sat us down. Yeah. Well, I just, I can imagine myself 
if my brother were to be, I mean, my parents divorced when I was four, but if that didn't happen and later on in life, my brother was like, mom and dad are getting divorced. I would just be like, oh, Adam's fucking with me. And that's not actually happening. <laughs> so I think my immediate thing would be like, oh, he's fucking with me. Cause we would go back and forth. Well, I guess we wouldn't go back and forth. It was usually just, I was the victim of these situations, but I think it'd be like, you know, you're adopted and stuff like that. Like, like brothers oh, do. Um, <laughs> Siblings. I was told I was adopted a lot too. I don't know why it didn't occur to me that it could have been her messing with me, but I, it was clearly true. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what happens with the living situation? Um. So there was, my mom and dad actually lived together for like a while. I remember, you know, just like knowing they were separating and still staying together and like, you know, dad having to go get milk often, you know, like <laughs> get out of the house. Um, yeah. And then eventually my mom got trying to think of the first place we moved. I think it was like a, she rented a townhouse and we would kind of go back and forth. And then my dad started, he got jobs like out of state. Okay. So we were mostly with my mom once he started working far away okay how long did they stay in the same house i can't really remember i like are you talking like a couple months or like a couple years because that i wonder if that was that awkward was that weird i really can't remember i feel like it might have been a year there might have been a block also there's bad communication like yeah Um, yeah, so I don't, what I do remember is, like, at a point, like, everyone in the house was depressed, and Kelly started, like, you know, getting into trouble, and, like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was, like, unhappy and tense for a while. Okay. Um, what? Are are you getting into art early in life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since I can remember. One of my earliest memories is from preschool. Okay. When we were, like, drawing pictures on paper plates or whatever. <laughs> and I drawn a couple people. And I remember, like, the preschool teachers saying, like, wow, she's really good. Like, look, she actually put hands on them. <laughs> and I, I swear that that early memory is why I like really got into art like oh i i'm good at this people think i'm good that's a yeah validation's a great thing <laughs> yeah. yeah so okay i i is there i was going to jump into this a little later but now i'm curious do you mm-hmm. know where that came from like did your parents encourage art a lot at home you said your dad was in advertising was it like a creative part of advertising or um no he like sold time on okay uh no i i do think that they encourage just you know our creativity yeah um like my mom was always creative too like she liked to sew things and and she plays piano and you know my dad is really into music um and i do they did send me to like a couple like art classes here and there because they knew it so, yeah, it was encouraged. Going, I, I'm curious. Your your parents seem to like cater the the creativity. Um, and was there any of that in your sisters, or were you the 
Were you the creative sibling? My older sister, I don't know. She was just, I know that she's a creative person. Like, I know she has a great singing voice, but she never really followed any of that. Yeah. I think she was, I don't know. She was just troubled. She's like, and we all were, you know, but she was like extra. <laughs> so I don't know. She never followed, she never followed in that. But my little sister is real creative and she's, um, she's an amazing singer. She actually, she went to college for the first couple of years. She went for, I think, performance okay. and then switched to business, whatever. But um, yeah, she's into theater. Um, just musical. Yeah. 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 And her husband is really musical too. They like sing together and it's amazing. Yeah. I sometimes wish my wife did more things in that realm. Does she, uh, does she like not do it because she's, scared or does she not do it she's just not into it um all of the above i mean yeah. and i mean <laughs> she'll be the first to tell you she does not have a singing voice um but it's uh yeah we're just very different people when it comes to <laughs> the creative world um which i, I don't know i guess opposites attract <laughs> <laughs> so outside of your family then and your sisters and your your parents like what's going on your adolescence uh, with social life and school and all that jazz. Mm, I mean, school was school was school. I I always did well in school. You know, I like I like to learn things. I was good at doing homework. Um, I never. <laughs> it was easy for me. I probably didn't value it as much as I should have, even though I did really well. Yeah. Uh, it also. I don't know. It seemed like people put too much emphasis on grades, you know? Uh, I do know. <laughs> and I, yeah, you do know. <laughs> and I just, I never, like, during school, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to college. Like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to, like, do my thing after this and be a bum. I don't know. <laughs> Make art or try to. Uh, yeah. What is that? What ends up happening? That was so. Did you take did, did you take college off your radar? I I did uh, for a year. Um, the plan the plan was never to go, but um, after high school, uh, I was like working at LA Cafe for a bit oh, with yes. Liz. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! I just had flashbacks. Yeah, I love that place. I miss that place. We're like seeing oldies and you know, they're regular customers. You hang out with your friends. Yeah. It was great. Um, so <laughs> Liz, you remember AOL, right? Oh, uh, duh. People online. Okay. Yeah. So Liz started talking to this guy online who lived in New Orleans and they had a great connection. They like the same music and he's like, come down and visit. And so <laughs> We went on this road trip. Oh no. We drove like yeah, we went so there's some random dude. We drove down the East Coast, like visited people, we visited her family, went down the Blue Ridge Parkway. Great trip. We ended up in New Orleans. We stayed with this guy for like a month. So he was like a legit was just, person? He was just like a legit nice guy. That's so funny. And we like hung out with his friends and went to their concerts. Like they had shows, you know, they were in a band and how old are you at this we point? Went down there, uh, seventeen or eighteen. Oh my God. So, are you still in high school I, when you do this? No, I mean I graduated when I was seventeen. Okay, I was just 
young for the year. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> it's crazy. Who does that? <laughs> a lot of people now. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but we ended up going back like multiple times. But so we were just kind of living off our measly savings, ran out of money, went back home. And um, I got a job at this place, right? It was like across the road from Oakland University. It's called Rochester Book Center. Okay. And Liz was working in the Whole Foods after I got that job. She got a, a job next door. And I worked there for like, I don't know, a year or two. And I just, I got bored and I was like, well, there's a college. I guess I'll go. <laughs> so I went, I just take random stuff. And eventually, I think it was my dad, like, talked me into um, applying. He was like, you know, you you would probably really like Dartmouth. There's, like, woods and there's mountains and, it's like, a liberal arts college. And I was like, okay. I looked into it and they had a study abroad in Africa. I was like, yeah. I like, you know, environmental studies program. And I was like, wanted to save the world or whatever. So, <laughs> so yeah, I applied and got in. And went there. Is there a reason, uh, and I just, I'm projecting my own shit, but um, I think back like in high school, there were two schools I really wanted to go to based on my interest. And I graduated high school with like a 1.9. I did not do well in school. I didn't care. I was like, I'm here to make videos and paint shit. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) hang out with people. but I, I wanted to go to Columbia in Chicago because their video program was amazing. And uh, Chad got in there, Chad 90, and I was like, you fucker, I want to go there too. Uh, and then I found out how crazy expensive it was. And I was like, ooh, even if I like submit some awesome movie, I can't actually afford to go here. Which, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just tangent, I'm sorry, but <laughs> like... I hate that excuse with a fiery passion, like especially knowing what I know about like student loans and stuff now when people, when I interview people and they're like, yeah, you know, but my parents were like, that's too expensive to go to college or this college or whatever. I'm like, student loans, baby. What are you even talking about? <laughs> like, Nothing's too expensive. You'll just pay it off forever. Um, <laughs> but then I also wanted to go to or at least look into the Art Institute Cause that was like always this thing that was kind of getting floated around. It seemed so glamorous and like there was this focus on stuff I was actually interested in. And I'm wondering being someone that was in those same, literally physically in those same classrooms, um, was that ever anything on your radar? Uh, like an artsy, like the actual like art Institute. I think there's, there's a couple of, um, it should have been right. (laughs) But I, I was like very clear in my mind that I would not ever be able to make money at that. So I shouldn't go to school for that. And it's sad because I think that like going to school like Dartmouth, I probably could have like had some connections, you know, or like I probably could have figured out more of a way to make it that way. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. Where, where does the narrative come from? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm generalizing, but most people, most teenagers are like, no, I can do anything. So fuck off. Um, but so where does the narrative come from that? Like can't make money doing art. Cause that's, uh, I have no idea. I... Okay. That's usually like, uh, you know, the, the adults talking to us at that age. <laughs> so I'm just wondering yeah. if that was something that 
someone told you or if that's just where that thought came into your head. I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm wondering, now I'm wondering, like, is that what I am looking back and saying now? And it went as a different reason back then? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I, yeah, I don't know. I did have like a million interests too. Yeah. So like picking is, was, is still yeah. very hard. For me. Jesse, that yeah. is my entire fucking existence. That <laughs> is yes. the worst. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> if someone was like, you can make millions of dollars playing guitar, but you can't do this other thing, I'd be like, <laughs> but I kind of want to do this other thing too. And this thing over here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That is the. It's, I think it's a issue. good way to live. I think it's like. I don't know. I think it makes life more interesting when you have a lot that you're interested in. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But yeah, it can be, can be hard to focus and <laughs> be successful at anything. Yeah. I had uh, my therapist a few weeks ago, well, I guess a couple months ago now, but she started asking me these very specific questions. Uh, she's like, is there like a monologue going on sometimes when you're listening to someone talk like in your head? And I was like, yeah. She's like, is there a, like, do you have a lot of unfinished projects? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like everything around me is an unfinished project. Um, and she just like started going through this list and, and I'm like, how do you know all this stuff about me? Um, and then I find out like, these are the actual like symptoms of ADHD. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'm 38. <laughs> so, so far so good. Um, but yeah, finding that out, I was like, what the fuck? Um, and it, it all of a sudden makes so much sense for like, yeah, like my three albums that I never finished, my uh, book of drawings here that are got to, you, you know, you get to this like 85% mark and you're like, yeah, <laughs> something else now. Um, that's just a eye-opening thing for me this reminded me of that when you're talking about all the different doing a bunch of different stuff because that's that is that's my mo man <laughs> a billion different yeah, things i'm sure i have some i don't know yeah. mental illness that <laughs> i you know i function man I, I that's that's the thing i was like so what i need medication she's like well not necessarily i mean you it's not like you're living some crippled life like everything's <laughs> um I just like, I work best a lot of times when I have literally like five things going on and I can bounce between all of them. <laughs> and it's a, it's yeah. a weird thing, but yeah, wouldn't most of the time I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> um, I, I want to jump back still. I know we're talking about going to Dartmouth and stuff, but I, I'm curious uh, when your dad moves away, what's that relationship look like? Uh, Cause I know you guys live in the same state now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we are like good friends and I love hanging out with them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he moved away, obviously, you know, we weren't that close, you know, I would go visit him when he lived in different States or whatever. And, you know, there were family issues and there was resentment. And yeah. I think <clears throat> my older sister, I think, had more issues with my parents than I did. Uh, and I, 
think I was kind of directed with some of that. Yeah. Um, hold more resentment than like I look back at now than I really needed. I mean, but that's also a teenager thing, right? Like <laughs> teenagers have issues with their parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've caught I've caught you a couple times trying to like reframe <laughs> as if you're like, you're like where you're like, oh, wait, maybe that's just how I'm looking at it now as an adult. Um, I don't know where I was going there. It's just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no connection to be made. Um, I but, mean, we all gain perspective as we get older. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's one of the things I, I know we we're talking about the writing and, and my journal things. I don't know if you go back to like artwork and, and stuff that you did when you were younger, but it's... Uh, I that's funny. It's 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 I, sad and it's funny. <laughs> I sometimes I think back on my artwork. I actually think that my like my artwork, like what I actually do and what I'm good at, hasn't changed or developed much since high school. Like even though I've done like a lot, yeah. I like I could do the same stuff in high school. I don't know how much I've actually learned over the years. I might've gotten faster, um, but I'll tell you something that's kind of sad. Um, so I moved around a whole lot for a number of years and I had all of my artwork from when I was like little up until, I don't know, mid twenties or whatever. Yeah. My mom was holding onto it for me. And some of them were huge. Some of them were like, you know, like six by four foot paintings. And she was living in these little apartments and she had a storage like shed out back or she, you know, but she would hold on. And then finally I was like, I can't, I can't do this to her. Cause she had to move a lot for different, you know, reasons like yeah. raising rent, shitty landlords. Um, I was like, I can't do this. So uh, I decided when I came back to visit her one time, I put up an ad on Craigslist. And I was like, free art. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like everything. Everything is somewhere now or in the garbage. Well, that's a bummer. It's a, it is a bummer. It is, a bummer. is it weird that, like, I think the saddest part of that story is that you said free art and you didn't, like, throw a price on anything? Yeah. Yeah. I will. People don't buy art. Like... <laughs> Tell I that had, tell that to my fucking it. wife, Jesse. <laughs> oh my god. I'm yeah. I'm I'll be like, what tell is this tiny you. box we got in the mail? Oh, it's a six by six original painting that costs three hundred dollars. It's like what six inch by six inch. Like what? Uh yeah, thank you. I will. Uh yeah, no, we <laughs> one thing she wanted to do when we moved into the house we're in now is uh do a gallery wall, which we have up in the in the dining room and I I love it. Um but occasionally like new art pieces will show up and I'll be like, uh, how much was this? (laughs) (laughs) But she makes more money than I do. So I really shouldn't say anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Um, cause that's, I imagine like the, I don't know about you, but the older I get, like looking back on some of that stuff can be both therapeutic and entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it's in my head, you know, yeah. but it's it's the same. I do think sometimes about like putting another ad out on Craigslist or whatever and just being like, hey, 10 years ago, <laughs> I gave away this art in Fort Wayne and like a description of some of it. Be like, do you, is it on your wall? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be neat? 
did you not uh, are there pictures anywhere of some of it yeah i have some pictures of it there yeah you, go. I could put you could for sure do yeah. an ad that just like showed some pictures being like do you have this <laughs> i'm just curious like yeah <laughs> I, I think you should 110% make that post. I should. It would be interesting. I mean, it's, some of it is like, I. so one of the bigger ones I did was in college. Um, my ex-boyfriend then, he showed me pictures that he drew when he was little of like what an anthill would look like underground. So they're like tunnels and little ant rooms and they had like hamburgers down there and they were the red ants fighting the black ants and they were guarding their tunnels with like tanks and helicopters. Of course, you gotta have helicopters. So I turned them into these like giant paintings and people took them. Like, is that on somebody's wall? Like, I really hope it is. I love that. And no, like, and at first I think of it and I'm like, Oh, that's gonna look really silly, but then like I know how talented you are, and I imagine it actually looks really cool. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> that's funny. You know, St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner, and if you don't drink, that can be a real uh bummer. Maybe even a trigger if you are sober and, and dealing with that ish. So I encourage you to reach out, find some great non-alcoholic brews. And you can still spend the day having some tasty treats in your mouth without, you know, the hangover and those weird phone calls you make when you're drunk. No? Just me? Uh, So, you guys, you got to head over to wellbeingbrewing.com. They have a great selection. IPAs, ambers, wheats. Yeah, there you go. See, get some victory wheat with electrolytes. And you can just stay hydrated with your 16-ounce cans all St. Patrick's Day. That sounds delicious. So check that out. Go over there. And if you want to stick with some stouts on this Irish holiday, you can also grab some coffee cream stout. Intrepid Traveler is what it's called. Either way, Wellbeing Brewing. Use code FRIENDREQUEST. You can save 10% and get some tasty treats in your mouth right now. All right, back to the interview. Yeah, I think that that ad needs to be made. Even if I, think, uh, I you could probably like just go to some Fort Wayne artist Facebook group and post them in there. Yeah, yeah, or like the next door app or something. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. there's a, I don't know, maybe like a Fort Wayne microbrewery fan club, <laughs> just get get as many <laughs> hipsters in as you can. Be like, you guys seen this at your buddy's house? Check it out. Because um, <laughs> that's the house it would be in. <laughs> I mean, all due respect, the ant with a hamburger and tanks and helicopters is not going to be hanging in my mom's living room. Um, <laughs> or mine, really. So you are working at the bookstore, you get bored, you go to OU, your dad tells you, Dartmouth, you silly lady, and you apply. And how old are you at this point when you get to uh, I think I was 21 when I transferred there. Okay, so not that, I mean, just a few years out of high school. Yeah. Wasn't that old? And I will tell you, I also think that these expensive schools are generally not worth it. But when you go to one that has a good endowment and you're really poor, that you go for free. Nice. So, yeah. (laughs) I will. I will from now on tell people to avoid these schools at all costs, unless you can go for free, because you can. Oh yeah, if you can go, uh, if you can go to any school for free, (laughs) do it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 
I uh, <laughs> I look forward to my like twenty five hundred dollars scholarship because which is hilarious because it's like here you go twenty five hundred for a year. I was like, does that cover the other twenty five thousand? Thanks. No, it just covers your books. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Um, so where where is Dartmouth? That's a stupid question. I should know the answer. Yeah. Not stupid okay. at all. It's in New Hampshire. Well, get ready because the rest of these questions are just terrible. Um, no, <laughs> so, oh, that's fun. We're uh, I'm going on vacation. We're flying in oh. uh, to Connecticut and then driving to Boston and like some other New England states yeah. while we're there because it's all right there. Um, how is how is that? <laughs> Hampshire is beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's where I like really experienced like actual hiking for the first time. And oh man, yeah, I love, I love the Northeast. Yeah. I mean, Dartmouth itself, whatever it's college and college culture sucks, you know, <laughs> the only thing to do there is go to frat parties and you know what happens there. Not good stuff. Not good. Not good. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't picture you at a frat party. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I went. I did go. I was like bored and lonely. Yeah. It wasn't good, you know. Yeah. What is it like going to a new place where you know nobody? Um. Now I love that. That's one of my favorite things to yeah, do now. Same. <laughs> At that age, when I hadn't really done it that much. I mean, I did it like with Liz, right? We went, but I had somebody with me. You had me. Liz, yeah. So, yeah it's different and she's outgoing um it's different when you're alone so i was i was scared i was scared and it was definitely hard and you know i was leaving my family and i was worried about leaving them you know i was worried like oh are they gonna be sad without me got that middle child syndrome coming in there (laughs) yeah i need to take care of everybody yeah um (laughs) so it was it was hard. Um, and I definitely had some bad experiences, you know, with frat guys or whatever. Uh, yeah, but there were good things too. Like the study abroad in Africa was amazing. Like we went to South Africa, Namibia, Swaziland. How long were you out there? Um, it was a couple of months. That's cool. It was like, it was kind of an excuse to see big animals. (laughs) Like, things like you know we were studying the environment or whatever i did learn about water um but (laughs) (laughs) what i remember is like seeing lions and giraffes and i don't know it was beautiful yeah well uh that would be amazing uh going to africa um in general and being able to do that as a study abroad program was probably right and do it for like nothing but the cost of a plane ticket yeah what a privilege yeah i felt i felt very lucky to do that yeah um yeah how long are you at dartmouth what do you graduate in um i graduated in i i stopped like i finished in january of 2006 um and i i had a degree in environmental studies uh and I spent one summer there. I was working at the organic farm there doing like an internship. Okay. Great. Um, I learned a lot. And between the environmental studies program and talking to the manager of the farm there, 
what I put together was that like, if we wanted to save the world and make it a better place and take care of our environment, we would all live together and share things and consume less and that I should go live on a commune. So that's what I did after I got my fancy college degree. How, how was that? Where first of all, I have so many questions now. Where, where was the commune? Um, how long were you there? Four years. It was in Virginia, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, I don't know if it's still true. It probably is. If you Google intentional communities online, one of the first ones to come up is Twin Oaks community. Okay. And it's been around since, oh, 1960, no, 1967. I can't remember. It's been around a long time. The shoe fits. It was one of, um, <laughs> yeah, it was the first one. <laughs> so what is that like? And how, how far down the road of, of a stereotypical hippie are you at this point when you go and live at a commune? <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I was definitely more stereotypical typical hippie than like most people <laughs> but also like coming you know growing up where we grew up yeah. and then going to like at a fancy college like that's not really stereotypical yeah. hippie i didn't like well, listen to grateful dead every day and wear tie-dye and like smoke <laughs> a lot of weed <laughs> you missed out on all the good parts um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, that's what makes it more fascinating. That's, that's why this is intriguing to me. Cause like, yeah, I do know where you grew up. I don't know your family dynamic and, and you know, your parents' financial situation, all that stuff. But, um, you know, a, a lot of us <laughs> white people in, <laughs> in Southeastern Michigan, uh, you know, like have a connection to things and to cut that yeah. connection and, uh, you know, live in what I assume is how you would live in like a commune and uh, cut off from a lot of the material crap that we hold so dear, like the nine devices I'm using right now to do this podcast, um, <laughs> is just, uh, it. not everybody can do that. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you, growing up where we grew up uh, and seeing everyone connected to their material things like made me not like material things Fair enough. and what it does to people in relationships. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go into a place where like Twin Oaks in order to have the same tax status as like a monastery, they, what you do when you go there, you vow of poverty. Well, um, and it's to most people, it's like kind of, a silly thing it's just like a thing that they do but like in truth people there like when i was living there where everyone technically made a year they lived off of like a little more than five thousand dollars a year so yeah wow. poverty but it doesn't feel like poverty when you're there because you're sharing everything um and you have everything you need um there are like seven houses and everybody has their own room. It's kind of like a dorm room, dorm room style living. Um, and there's like a kitchen in each house. So if you wanted to cook for yourself, you could. But there's also this big like industrial kitchen. 
and a big dining room and you can just go people cook for the community lunch and dinner so you can just go to the steam tail twice a day you don't have to cook for yourself um yeah you're gonna have to ask me questions because well how I, many how many people want... on average are there throughout that about 100 oh wow about 100 live between the seven ages. houses Mm-hmm. yeah but a house has like 20 bedrooms i mean oh, wow. it, they're like they're big they're big places okay and i i mean what i guess what's like what's the legacy here is there just like a couple old people that have been there since the beginning that just like there are keep it going and yeah. then how often is the turnover of people as you <laughs> you know sure 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 there are a number of people who have been there for a long long time um and they are going to be there forever like that's just that is what they want to do um and uh i think most people who go visit and then join are like you know young like in their 20s or whatever and they're exploring um so you get a lot of turnover with those people but then some of them end up staying and having kids and raising families and they're going to be there for their whole lives too. I'm curious, uh, and I, I I don't mean disrespect by this question. Uh, I'm just yeah. wondering. So, in my experience, you know, if if there is trauma in your life that you haven't like dealt with, sometimes you run away from that, whether that be physically or mentally, or emotionally, whatever. Build mm-hmm. a wall, protect yourself. Did you see a lot of people? in that situation where they were there, but like maybe not for the like environmental reasons, but cause the like, I can't go back to where I was or I don't want to deal with whatever the hell was going on where I was. Was that a common yeah, theme? I, that's like really smart of you to ask that. I don't think anybody ever asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, there, I would say that there is probably a higher percentage of people who show up there with mental illness than in like the, the regular population. Okay. I would say that. Okay. Um, and you know, there's lots of reasons like they're trying to find a world where they actually fit in or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the whole place has mental illness there. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's why I, I didn't want to come off as, as disrespectful or like being like hey, fucking hippies like I'm not or anything right. like that. I, I'm right. just curious, uh, uh, you know, like there's definitely a population of people that I mean, especially in the condition the world's in now that want to like find some way to, to live better. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, there's also a population of people that are looking for an escape from what they have uh, or what they don't have rather, I guess. Um yeah. And, uh, and offer themselves some protection from either themselves or, or their past or whatever that may be. So that's, uh, I yeah. did, you know, it's the same as you look at like the homeless population and uh, you look any, any like marginalized group that the outside world might look at as like, oh, you made that decision for yourself. Uh, yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, no, and that's, that's... you were very smart to ask the question, and <laughs> I, I think you're the only person who's ever asked that question yes. of me. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> all right, that's all I needed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> filled my validation cup for the day. Um, 
So you're there for four years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what what uh, I have like three questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, first I I'm curious what the biggest struggle with transitioning into that life was, um, and I guess what prompted you to be like, all right, I've like done enough time here. I'm going to go do something else. Mm-hmm. It's two questions. Okay. <laughs> two questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So transitioning into Twin Um, I mean, there were some things that felt so good and were so easy. Uh, so those are the things that come to mind first. Um, like people do not care what you're wearing there and they don't like physical stuff just didn't matter. Like it's weird if somebody shaves their legs or armpits and it's weird if like women are wearing makeup and that felt so good. Cause I, when I went there, like I was shaving and I was wearing makeup yeah. and to like, let that go and just let myself be felt so good and it still does and I don't care anymore that's what I still do (laughs) and I don't care that like women in Fort Wayne stare down at my legs and I'm walking by because like this this is how it should be why do I have to do those things you know yeah um so that transition was really nice um uh trying to think of like hard transitions and I'm having (laughs) Trouble. What's your contact with the outside world when you're there? Like, do people uh, have yeah, I mean, cell phones or is uh, that? <laughs> oh, yeah. People have cell phones. I, I didn't just because, like, you don't have a lot of spending money. I guess that was a transition, although I never did have much spending money before that. But um, people, so, like, all of your costs are covered. You don't pay rent. You don't, clothes are, like, free. There's this closet with clothes in it. It's, like, the Goodwill, except it's free. Um, yeah. Your your health like there's no health insurance that's just covered. Everything's covered and you get $80 a month spending money. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when like all of your entertainment is there, like there is always people to play music with or make art with. There are good parties. There is like, you don't really have to go out and spend money. Um, but people do, there's like trips to town. Uh, there's trips to like Charlottesville and um, you you can leave whenever you want. Yeah, you know, um, I guess that, but that is that was hard. Like with my family living far away, I did want to go visit them, and eighty dollars a month, like it's hard to save money to go do that. Yeah. Uh, and you do so their labor system, the way that works, everyone is supposed to do. I don't know what the quota is now, but you do like a certain number of hours of work a week. And when I was there, it was somewhere around 42. But that includes things like cleaning up the kitchen yeah. or laundry or whatever, um, child care. All these things are counted as work. Um, so if you want to, if you want to do work more than that, then whatever you work extra goes into like a vacation balance. And you also just get a certain number of weeks off a year. I can't remember what it is four weeks, I don't know, a certain number of hours. So, uh, yeah, I, I would save up time and money by doing extra. And I would, um, 
I would clean house for somebody with once a week to make extra money too. Okay. Yeah. So that was, I guess like less money and, and less ability to travel was an adjustment. Oh. Yeah. D- did you, one. did you file taxes when you lived there? <laughs> Actually, there was work? somebody who taxes for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said, because there's, you know, everybody, there's a hundred people. I just thought about that when you were just saying, I was like, oh, I wonder what that would be per year. And then I was like, wait, annual income. Did someone do taxes? How does that work? (laughs) Yeah. There's somebody who does taxes and taxes are different for different people. Like there are people who live there. A friend of mine, she was a good friend. I love her so much. Her name's Tina. Um, She's a musician too. Shout out to Tina. Yeah. Hi, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) So when she lived there, she was older. I think she was like late sixties when she moved there and she got like a pension and social security and stuff. So her taxes were different. Um, but I think they still did them for her. Yeah. And if you move there with resources, the only thing, like you kind of give them to the community while you're there, but you can always take them back and leave with them. But the idea is that it's egalitarian. Like everyone has the same resources. Yeah. Interesting. So you're just not supposed to spend them. What, You're living with them. So moving to my second question, what prompted you to be like, time to go? <laughs> yeah. So living with a hundred people is kind of a lot, right? And I, as the middle child, I guess, am the one who wants <laughs> to take care of everybody. Um, I got, I was getting kind of anxious. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of work to do always. And there's a lot of fun to be had. And I couldn't, I just, I couldn't make myself stop. Like I couldn't just go to my room and have quiet time. And I need that. Like I was, I was just like going, going to the point where I was getting sick a lot. Okay. I was exhausted. myself. So between, between like feeling kind of anxious living with that many people and just like not being able to relax enough, and wanting to do something different, you know, and see family more. Yeah. All those things added up to, okay. <laughs> something else. Is this when you moved to Fort Wayne? No. Oh. After this, <laughs> <laughs> after this, I decided basically to continue with the vow of poverty. <laughs> um, I wanted to... I wanted to value time uh, and spending time with people that I loved and exploring and doing creative things over money. And doesn't it suck that it takes money to do a lot of that stuff? <laughs> it does. Uh, but I sure did a lot. The, for the three years after that, I kind of just traveled around a bit of a vagabond. I was doing random work, house sitting, cat sitting. Um, oh, I was doing illustrations. There's another commune down the road from the one that I lived at, and they have a seed business. And I still do illustrations for them for their little seed packets okay. and for the um, So I was doing some of that. I was just doing whatever I could. Um, and I was traveling with who was then my partner. For some of it, it was my partner. So some of it we broke up, but we're still traveling together. Um, and just living cheaply. <laughs> and sometimes sleeping in like the car and uh dumpster diving you did that for three years 
around the yeah. whole country or yeah any particular I've... places stick out when you remember that time um well uh, so i wasn't in one place for more than like six months and i guess the places that stick out were just when i had a good time visiting yeah. family and friends like I, I mentioned my friend tina she lives in vermont <laughs> and she um she rents this little cabin on a a lake every summer and I like went and spent a few months with her and that was wonderful um I I worked in like national parks doing housekeeping for the lodges oh fun uh so that was good like Bryce Canyon was amazing nice. Glacier National Park like yeah. amazing hiking so that, but that's cool you went like just random jobs at national parks like what a cool access point to be able to experience some of the like most beautiful places in this country yeah yeah no those years i i really value those years um yeah it got to the point where i was like <laughs> there were times where i would wake up and be in a little bit of a panic for a few seconds because i was like where am i so at that point i realized i needed to maybe find a home base but um <laughs> i would i value those years and sometimes i still like I want to go feral. <laughs> like I still want to do that, but it's hard. Like the hard thing is you don't have a stable community. Yeah. You know, you don't have at that point, you, you don't have friends that you can stay close to. Yeah. I think it's important to have some form of a home base, you know, uh, um, I think so too. <laughs> I love that. for listeners that can't see. There is a cup literally as big as Jesse's head that she occasionally drinks out of. And it's the most entertaining thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so if I'm, if I'm doing math and timing, right, you're winding down this three years at what, like 31, 32. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Where, I'm bad. where do you find your home base at? when you guys and, and why, why do you decide uh, like this isn't working anymore is that that anxiety of where am i yeah <laughs> yeah that was a big part of it um yeah i just i just needed a home base i needed something more stable i wanted friends <laughs> you know yeah. um so i had made friends with this guy who lived at the commune and he I found a partner there and she had a grandfather who had a house in Farmville, Virginia, which was like an hour and a half from the commune. And he passed away and left the house to her mom and her uncle. And she was like, I want, there's like land. She's like, I want to do, I want to start something. I want to start like a community of my own. Yeah. Um, so uh, I went back to Virginia and the plan was for us and a few other people to start a little community. But I was there first. I had like nothing. Um, uh, so I, I was like <laughs> trying to like get a garden started, but also trying to figure out how I was going to survive. And I found this guy who is building a bed and breakfast like an hour away uh, next to the Blue Ridge Parkway. And he wanted to work with an artist. 
So I got this job helping to build a bed and breakfast. And I would, while I was like waiting for other people to come and start this community, I would drive an hour on Monday and I would work 10 hours for this guy. And then I would hike up, I would go on the Blue Ridge Parkway and I'd hike up a mountain for a mile and go to this little spot I found and set up my tent for the week. And then I would do my 10 hour days and then I would hike back down the mountain with all my gear and then go back. You couldn't stay at the bed and breakfast. It's a bed and breakfast. I, well, it wasn't yet. It was, it was the building being built. Okay. Also, I didn't even think to ask, why didn't I think to ask that? I don't know, but I actually loved living in the woods. I, I had a couple like times where I was you know, cooking breakfast or I was like washing up at the end of the day, my little sponge bath and like a bear walked up. I was like, Hey bear. Hey bear. Don't uh, worry about and then me. The bear got scared. Of me. Yeah. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. Um, but then it got cold and my car didn't want to go up the mountain either. So I stopped doing that and started delivering pizzas and people did eventually arrive, um, at that little place. But the guy who I was friends with actually was pretty, like, he has some anger issues. Like, he was kind of volatile. It's a bummer. And eventually I was like, nope, yeah. nope. And I moved into the town of Farmville and was delivering pizzas and doing floral design. And was then, like, an old-time band and just another band that did covers. That was a great time. And then I decided uh, I needed to, like, I was also living with two exes at the time. Bummer. <laughs> They're great people. <laughs> at the commune, um, I think I got pretty good at like communication and like accepting relationships for what they were. Like polyamory was more yeah. of an accepted thing and like whatever. So like living with two exes for me was like not a big it was, it was nice, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like, I kind of want to like be able to survive on my own, you know, and maybe like be able to make, make enough money that I could do that. And also do something maybe that was more fulfilling than delivering pizzas or yeah. floral design. So then I decided to go to nursing school. Another school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I did the stupid thing. Well, so I, my plan was to go to a community college. Yeah. Uh, there was one, you know, there was one right there. And I did my, um, my prereqs there. I was going to apply to the nursing program there. But my, my anatomy and physiology professor, she was like, Jesse, you have this degree, like from a fancy school. You could go wherever you wanted. You could do like, you could do the accelerated program. You could be done in a year and a half and then you'd have like this fancy degree. You should just do it. The money doesn't matter. You know, you'll, you'll pay it off. It'll come from somewhere. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I really respected this woman. Like I still do. She is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And she's so kind and um, she really swayed me. So I ended up going to Duke. Okay. And uh, whatever. It's a school. Like I, uh, I went, so I, I had like, at the end of this, I had a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. And if I had gone to the community college, what, <laughs> it wouldn't have been like that. So whatever I did that. Um, 
So then you get yeah. a master's there? No, it's just um it's just a a bachelor's in nursing. Okay. And Yeah. So So it, it's accelerated. Yeah, no, I was just I'm I'm just trying to figure out okay, so what do you what do you do once you get that degree? Right. So after I get that, I was with a another ex um and he had, he was doing a postdoc at Duke and then he moved to Alberta to do another postdoc. But like I couldn't move to Canada. Um so we were like we still want to be together. And what he was doing he was studying something that like he could only go to a few places. Yeah. And he's like here's a few cities. Why don't you decide like which one you think would work best? And so we went to Seattle. And I went to work in a hospice and palliative care facility. Um and I was there for a year. And I really liked the hospice part. Like, I think I, what makes me a good nurse, like, is that I, uh, I got the emotional thing down. Like I'm really good at like, yeah, that part of it. Yeah. Um, I, when I was in nursing school, like my, um, the one big clinical that you do at the end was in the emergency room. And I, I thought like that would be cool. Cause that's like really useful, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was also, it made me really anxious. And I, in the end, I was like, no. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and the people in there, it seemed like the people in there, I'm not going to say this is true of everywhere, but at Duke, it seemed like the people there were like there because they, not necessarily because they were really good with people, yeah. but because they wanted to use their brains and like kind of show off a bit. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so hospice is crazy. Like, well, end of life care is not something that many people, uh, would gravitate towards (laughs) right right so here's i thought i thought for one hospice is good because like that's what i'm good at like i am good at being there for people when they are having a hard time yeah like make people feel calm for some reason even if i am like gonna explode inside everyone's like you always seem you have this like calm about you i'm like i'm glad you feel that (laughs) check my blood pressure bitch (laughs) (laughs) I'm very glad you feel that way. Uh, <laughs> but also, this is going to sound horrible. Uh, but like, on hospice, I can care for people. And I can know that like, it, I'm not killing them. Like, if, some, if they're dying, it's not because I did anything wrong. It's true. They were dying when you met them. <laughs> like, no, they're just dying. <laughs> Oh, it's so horrible, but also, like, that really is kind of true. Yeah. That's, like, part of it. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, you, so that's, that's the... They're already there by the time you meet them, so that's, <laughs> that's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you're there for a year. What? Where do you go after that? I was there for a year, and then that's when I came to Fort Wayne. That's okay. when I was like, I, I, was, I was working night shift there, so I was like, it's hard to be in a new place working night shift. It's hard yeah. to like meet people, make friends. And I also just wasn't, I, you know, my ex, whatever, I love him. He's a great person. Um, but we kind of needed different things. I was lonely in our relationship. Um, and I, I think being around hospice, <laughs> I was like, wow, life expectancy is only so long. And like, you know, my parents are, it's not like they're, 
that sick, but it's not like they're in perfect health. Yeah. And I need to go. I need to go be by them, even if it's in Indiana. <laughs> so yeah, and I've been here for three years working in hospice. I'm wondering because you just mentioned uh, how hospice made you think about like potentially your parents' age, but I'm wondering. And it's a funny question to ask somebody who just told me she's been in like 900 places in the last 10 years. But um, did it give you any perspective on, on your own life, on the, like your own life and the, and the shortness of, of all of our lives in general? Like, um, like have, you, have you had any change in, in goals or future planning or anything because of that experience? So I think... I actually think like another thing that led me to hospice was that I was already kind of at the point of being very aware of that. I like from when I was little, I don't know. I just like always wanted to be very aware that things are not forever and I need to make the most of it. And I think that's partly what led me to do all of the things I did and be in all the places that I was. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that it's necessarily changed like that perspective for me, I mean, if anything, it, it reinforces it. And yeah. We've definitely Makes lived me really... many lives. I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that brings us current. Is there, is there anything I didn't drill you about that you wanted to talk about? Uh. No, I'm sure I have some interesting stories that we missed, but uh, I can't talk about it. Well, yeah, I, I would like to rewind and spend four hours <laughs> on just a couple subjects, but such is life. No one will listen to it if it's that long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's uh, that's wild. This, so you, I mean, I'm just trying to think as, as someone that's been on every form of like social media since MySpace, and um you mentioned aol at the beginning and i think i <laughs> milked that for everything i could until it wasn't a thing anymore uh like I, I guess the last thing i'd ask is like what is it like being somewhat back immersed into this uh terrible world of, of social media and technology yeah it's hard it's hard. Yeah. This this is not my spot. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, honestly, the only place I've ever felt like it actually fit that made sense to me was the commune. Yeah. Like felt like that. Maybe that you could go back life. there and just build your own house and be like, guys, I'm gonna be in this right. by myself. <laughs> FYI. I think that if it was for wanting to be near my family, I would be living close to that place. Yeah. And then I would just be friends with those people and like. There are a lot of people from the commune who now live nearby and yeah. But yeah, it's really, really hard. It's really hard to live in a conservative Christian Indiana. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> a normal job. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like single for the rest of my life because there's like... <laughs> I can't, I try, I try, but like, it's really hard to connect with people deeply who see the world very differently than you. And that's where I am. Yeah. 
Well, I I love it. <laughs> I, uh, I I just think uh, I'm super glad that we were able to reconnect, and I can hear all these things that that you've done. Like we we're talking about writing at the beginning. If any of us should be writing, I think it should be you. And like write down some of these things before they're like the childhood um, memories, and you can't remember them anymore. <laughs> write them down I now, Jesse. Oh, I know. I should have kept the journal. I'm sure there's yeah. a billion stories from the commune alone and, yeah. and delivering pizzas and dealing with people from, I, I can't imagine being at a school like Duke with a background of like, Hey, I was just living in a commune for X amount of years. And, uh, I imagine the overwhelming amount of judgment you felt for everybody around you. It's alarming. I had, did I did feel that I don't know I don't know how much of it is real but I think that it was I think a lot of it was I was still dumpster diving while I was at Duke and I yeah. did accidentally not accidentally I totally told someone about it that I probably shouldn't <laughs> because after that I, there was this moment we were like having lunch with a group of us and I offered somebody food and they're like nope <laughs> yeah I think there was judgment there i know where you got that second <laughs> half of jimmy john's sandwich um, <laughs> well uh thank you for doing this yep. i i love it and thanks for taking the time and and sharing yeah <laughs> yeah you. yeah i'm uh i'm an open book if you come up with questions for me let me know <laughs> oh yeah it started to go that direction earlier i know so <laughs> but yeah um, and, and good luck in Fort Wayne. If I ever start traveling for work again, I will be there. So I'll let you know. Yeah. I want to play music someday. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to learn that fucking a sharp on ukulele and we'll go from there. Uh, I was like, I don't want to get a full guitar down. I'm just sitting at this little desk. I was like, I'll get my ukulele. And then I had to get my little ukulele chord chart. Cause that can't be like a regular instrument fucking ukuleles um but then you play bandro that's not tuned like anything else is it uh no it's just an open tuning though (laughs) that's if i ever look up like guitar music on like tabs and stuff online and it's like tune it to this i'm like nope next (laughs) like the 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 most i'll give you is like drop d i'm not i'm I'm not tuning my guitar to open c and then trying to fucking figure it out like yeah. for what one song i'm not right i'm not that guy that has some you know balding fat guy that's gonna run off stage and give me another guitar to play it's it's not worth it for me i get i don't retune the band either so. oh i can't imagine <laughs> i imagine i i feel like that would be even more of a pain in the ass you got the little, no, you got the little they, weird half string. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same. But a lot of people do. They do different tunings. But I'm like, nah. Banders are very I intimidating get... to me. <laughs> They're really the same. They're the same. I don't. I, I feel like I don't do a lot of. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Uh, you don't have to. Don't you though? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, people expect it, but you don't have yeah. to. <laughs> if I can't, if I can't get into some like you know, deep South battle with somebody. What's the point? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I look forward to that and hopefully sooner than later. And yeah, if you're ever yeah. back in this part of town, let me know. 
I will. Okay. I will. Thanks for talking. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> this is fantastic. Good luck with your giant cup. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah thanks. <laughs> you and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Jesse Doyle. I. <laughs> I cut out a lot of stuff because we went out, uh, like we just went off on tangents on a few items. Um, I just left the banjo stuff in there because I know a lot of you are musicians, so maybe you relate to that. Or maybe you fast forwarded through that when we talk about ukuleles and banjos and tunings. But <laughs> um, Jessie is so fantastic. I, I was so happy that I got to talk with her and hopefully I will be in Indiana at some point in the future and we can do a little music play in a little harmonizing and have a grand old time. Thank you so much to her for sharing her story about, uh, all the crazy stuff. Like I can't, I, she's the only person I know that's lived on a commune. Um, that's, that's, a quite a unique experience and, and I'm glad she was, uh, both able to talk about it and, and willing and able to articulate. Um, yeah, that's great. That's fun. That's a fun interview. I want to thank you guys for supporting the show. Everyone on Patreon, Katie, Erica, Ginny, Michelle, Andy, I, you guys are fantastic. Uh, if you are not a Patreon supporter, Becca, oh my God, Becca, thank you. Have I said that yet? I hope I did. Um, if you are not a Patreon supporter, head over to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod. It's $1.09 per month. Uh, the show costs me money to make, so... If I could break even by my supporters giving up a, a buck a month, I would be very, very grateful for that. So thank you guys to all the supporters there. And if you want to support the show, head over there. And once in a while, you get some cool little bonus content too. So that is all I got, guys. Thank you to Talia Dalton for the theme song. She has a GoFundMe right now. She's trying to do a new album. So check out Talia Dalton Music um, and see if you can't help her out with that new album. The theme song is amazing, and if I could have a whole album of her singing songs that aren't theme songs, I would. I'm just rambling. I think now nothing I'm making, nothing I'm saying is making sense to me. I'm gonna stop talking. But thank you guys. I will talk to you next week. Happy March, March. Happy March. I'm gonna say Happy March. Last episode came out February 28th, so there you go. Happy March. Let's march on. March Madness. March if you got them. Okay, I lost it.